Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family. What's up, team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Today's guest comes from Austria. He is the author of Strategy Sprints. He's a business coach, father of three, specializing in B2B sales and B2B marketing. He 100% has a strategy in place to help you, the Catapulting Commission's family, we are looking at things of doubling your revenue. We're looking at things as the CEO of your business. How can you get out of the way of your business to accelerate growth? If you're a small business owner, today's episode is for you. Simon Severino, welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. Hey, Anthony. Hey, everybody. Cool to be here. Glad to have you here, Simon. So, Simon, let's talk about some things here. Right now, the show's catapulting commissions, right? We're always speaking about how can we accelerate sales. I have an audience that's listening right now that are in this range of a million to $3 million. They're founder-led businesses, right? So the founder's still really actively involved and they want to scale. What is some of the biggest challenges that, that business owners face when they want to scale to a certain level? Let me get straight to it. Uh, one to three million, you need to fire yourself from operations. Okay. Elaborate on that. You, you start at something out of love. You love this, you're great at it, you're passionate, and you're an entrepreneur, so you create stuff out of nothing. That's what you do. That's your superpower. You cannot stop it. And so perfect. Like you did, like I did, we start businesses. There is a moment where you move from proof of concept to proof of market. And as soon as you hit proof of market, you need to get two levels above fulfillment for a series of reasons that I'm happy to unpack. But the first thing you have to do, you fire yourself from operations. You cannot be booked for client delivery, for client questions, for client work. That's over. (laughs) And it sounds hard, but I did it four years ago. I fired myself from operation, it wasn't even that hard. I, well, let's, let's go into the nitty gritty. So first, what happens if you don't do it? If you don't do it, your business will run you, you will not run the business. Your business cannot scale because you are the bottleneck. Nobody will take ownership and responsibility and start hiring, etc. because they always look to you when, when, when it's about hiring, when it's about any bigger decision, boss, what do I do? And if you have that, you have you are not using the intelligence of the system. And if you are not using the intelligence of the system, you will be too slow in React. You need everybody awake, everybody as a profit center, everybody measuring, reporting, improving, improving the SOPs, not just doing the work, improving the work. Yeah. I have right now, even, even the person who started as a VA in my team, Michelle, 
Two years later, she was in a marketing role. Three years later, she was the head of marketing. Now, four years later, she hires the marketing people. She hires even the setters and the closers now in the sales team. So this is what you want to have. And most people do this too late. One to three million is too late. Mm. You are in trouble because either you are not scaling at all, which is not fun because the growth stage, the pre-scaling stage, that's the hustle. And the hustle, my God, who, who enjoys that really? Come on. It's not healthy. It's not viable. It's nothing you should do over a long period of time. You will lose your, you will, you lose your marriage. You will lose your, your fun and your friends if you do that too long. And, and we know it. We know it and we've seen this happen. So we need to get you out of, of operations, out of fulfillment. So how do we do that? This is what we do every week. We do this with 24 to 35 people in the so-called strategy sprint. It's a 90-day program to get owners out of the weeds and to scale the baby. Okay. That's why venture capitalists uh, love it because they say, hey, I have these small startups, etc., and I need to sell them at a higher price. If the founder is still in there, the multiple is 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 minuscule. So if you if you if you want to sell a business, and and you can see from the outside that it's dependent on you, you have a multiple of what of two of three of five times revenue. If you want to sell a business and you can show that it runs without any single person risk, so whoever takes that role, it runs. Your multiple is 25, 27, 35 if, if it's software, if it's really scalable, if it's a franchise. Your multiple is so much higher. That's why every investor loves the sprint and they usually says, all right, all right, all right, all right, call the sprinters, systemize, get the people out of key roles. And so I was there. I am a coach consultant. I love coaching. I coach people. And at some point, it was... Pretty soon, I was at half a million revenue per year when I realized, yeah, I could do maybe 520,000 if I just mm -hmm. work one more weekend. But come on, it's not, it's not viable, right? How long can you do it? Uh, at some point, you know, your life starts breaking together and then the business will, will fail. So I said, Wait a moment, there must be a smarter way. And I was passing by a McDonald's and I am in a consulting business, so it's not my industry. But I was like, oh, McDonald's scales? Every big, you know, Big Mac is every in the same, every country, same thing. What if I start writing down what I do and I hand it over and I pass it over and I teach it to other people? So I started a certification business on top of my business, which is consulting, I have now started certifying my colleagues. And now I have a certification business and a consulting business. So double the revenue stream, half the risk. And this is what everybody can do. Maybe it not, it's not the franchise and the certification way, but there is an other way, a smarter way than you being completely the bottleneck that when you are on holidays, nothing works. I, you know, so much to peel back there, Simon. 
you're creating the certification program at the end. I want to peel some layers on that shortly, but what I, I love what you said, right. In, in you created the strategy sprints program, 90 days, we're going to go straight into your business. We're going to find out what that bottleneck is and look, Catapult Commission's family, right? Some of you, some of you have reached out to me, we've communicated through the DMs, but let's be honest, right? Maybe, maybe this is your first time hearing Simon. Maybe this is your first time joining my show, but you have somebody who, who has built a business or businesses over nearly 20 years. And in the very first thing he tells you is you have to fire yourself to scale, right? That is the reason that it is imperative you have an external mentor to tell you some of the things because what you just said simon i've spoken to clients where we've had this conversation hey you have to fire yourself you have to get out of the way and they're looking like i'm crazy but this but this if every time someone's looking to scale or to grow and their response is but this you don't have a business you just have a glorified job and and and, and as you're doing as you're saying the the the, uh, the program from strategy sprints takes that identifies that bottleneck so my my question here simon is it one bottleneck is it a layer of bottlenecks like when when you have your clients to say hey i want to grow they come they get with you they join the the strategy sprints program they start working with you in some capacity is there one specific bottleneck or is it a couple layers that lead to a bigger bottleneck help me understand that so the first question that we ask is, if you 10x tomorrow, if you 10, take in 10 times more clients, which part of your business breaks first? Ooh. And so they go through, oh, I cannot even onboard them. All right, we found the bottleneck. It takes one minute. If they have an onboarding system, then okay, they can onboard 10 times more, but then they cannot deliver in week one. All right, and that's the bottleneck. Oh, no, 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 week one is fine, but then week two, we don't have enough material, we don't have enough people. Oh, the people. So it's week two is the bottleneck. So it, there is always a bottleneck, and you find it by asking the 10x question. And every week, that's why we say strategy sprint. A sprint is seven days. We do 12 sprints, and the 12 sprints solve 12 bottlenecks. So there is always a bottleneck. What is a bottleneck? It's the weakest part of a chain, and there is always a weakest part. There is never a non-bottleneck. You always have a bottleneck, and running a business professionally means being the in this process of finding and solving one bottleneck per week. That's how you grow a business. Now, with this simple question, you identify it, and then the sprint coach says, all right, and this is what you do this week, and aligns the whole team. The team is business owner, so the founder, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes both co-founders, and one person from sales, one from marketing, one from operations. And this is on purpose because in the beginning, so that's then week one, we help them segment the business. We, we literally, we draw uh, marketing, head of marketing, head of sales, head of operations, and and uh, usually the, the owner is in all the three. It's Pita, Pita, Pita. And then I go, Pita, how does it feel to see it that way? And they go, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and, and then we start talking. I said, all right, which one would you get to get rid first? If you ever want to have a holiday again and a life again, which one will we systemize, delegate first? Outsource maybe first. And so, and then we start one week after the other, and that's one bottleneck after the other. And then, and so after 12 weeks, we have 
regained 10 to 40 percent, 10 to 14 hour per week of the owner's time that he was working in the business. And he has now 10 to 14 hours per week to work on the business. Mm. And now that's the sprint because with those 10 to 14 hours, we will solve one bottleneck each, improving form, fit, and function of the sales system, improving form, fit, and function of the marketing system. And sometimes they don't even have a system. They just have it in their head and do it. And so we help them, we interview them, we write it for them, and then they have systems. Now they have an SOP playbook. And this is what you need. And when you have those SOP playbook, it's your marketing processes, your sales processes, your operations processes, and your management, hiring, firing, vision, performance measuring. Now you have a playbook. Now And now you have a business. Now you go from being a glorified uh, freelancer with a series of jobs to really owning a business. And now you can enjoy looking it grow and improving this part today and that part next week and that part. I'm now like a gardener, mm-hmm. business runs, and I, I pass by, I give the plants some water. I say, oh, today, let me look at our joint venturing system. Let me improve the templates there. And then I go onto a podcast and I talk about what we do. And then, you know, I write my next book with my publisher. So that's more like a gardener. But four years ago, before I fired myself from operations, you would see a Simon always, <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God, in Singapore, we have a legal problem. And in, in San Francisco, the office rent is due. And, uh, and, and, and in London, I, I can't find any salespeople. I was always in problems in the business. Man, Simon, to hear you say that, that is, I'm that's just, an- you know, enjoying it grow. And improving gradually. Um, I see improvement stuff. Okay, let's improve that. Let's improve that. I, I think that that, that, that self-awareness to one, make that change in your business, but two, teach others how to do so is something we need to speak more about, right? As, 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 as podcast hosts, as thought leaders. The reason I say that is, is you address something in the beginning, like this, this hustle hard, work hard. I get it. Everyone goes through that phase to hustle hard, work hard, to build. It's not sustainable long-term, right? Like, like I can't run a marathon every day for the rest of my life. It's just, it's just not, it's not, it's not feasible. So to hear you excel, say how you change your perspective on your business, you fired yourself, you, you have systems that run, you water them. The analogy you use was gardening, which I think is great. So you go from a founder of a company to the CEO. Right now, and and I would even argue that you're borderline board of directors, right? I mean, you're CEO, you have responsibilities, but you have systems in place and you're, you're checking in on those systems. So as I make that transition, what habits do I need to, what, what habits do I need to, um, that I need, I guess would be a short way to answer. What habits do I need as the CEO that I didn't have as the founder of the business? I have three habits, a daily habit, weekly habit, and a monthly habit. The daily habit, writing down how I allocate my time and how will I allocate my time better tomorrow. So it's a simple, we call it a daily flow. People can download it as a template on strategiesprints.com. I have it on my iPad and it says, all right, how did I spend my time today? 
And in the evening, it asks me two reflective questions. Simon, of all these things, which one will you delegate tomorrow? And um, Simon, if you would live more freely and more intentionally, what will you do tomorrow? And mm -hmm. so I reflect that in the evening when I close my day. I literally close my computer and, uh, and go over to the kitchen. So before I close the day, I reflect on these two things and I write them there. And so tomorrow I will delegate them. And it's basically going through the things that what was not fun, which one gave me energy and which one was sucking energy out of me because I hate it. So, all right, bookkeeping. All right, that's the first thing that tomorrow I'm going to outsource that. And then what else? Um, posting on LinkedIn. Okay, okay, let's delegate that tomorrow. Um, data entry. Oh, can I automate that? I'm sure there is a software. Let me find the software that does that for us. And then the question about the bigger goals. So if you would live more freely, more intentionally, then I would say, oh, well, then I would work out every day, whatever happens. I would, um, I would be on podcasts because I love it. Um, and I would write a book. Mm. It reminds you of, of your dream, right? Of the bigger things that you want to accomplish. And then the weekly habit, I want to see my marketing numbers, sales numbers, and operations numbers every seven days. So we have a real-time dashboard that we have built for our clients and we use it uh, ourselves every Friday. We go through the three marketing numbers, three sales numbers, three ops numbers, and everybody sees if their work is, is, is having impact or not. Let's say your job is just, I don't know, SEO optimization or something. And you don't even know when are you done with SEO optimization? When, <laughs> when is it working? And so with those marketing numbers, you will see it because you say, oh, look, unique visitors per week went from 7,000 to 8,900. Hey, your SEO task is done. So, Simon, let me ask you a question there. You, you said something right now. kind kind of kind of cringes on me so maybe this is my opportunity and this is why i love podcast catapults i totally get free coaching from some of the greatest minds in the world you said look at your sales numbers every seven day i don't know if you saw my face i cringed i'm like holy like and maybe maybe my mentality isn't where yours is at because i look at it daily like Every day, Maybe. I want to know. I want to know. Even I, wa I want to know what we're producing, what we didn't produce, who on my team is doing well, who on my team isn't doing well. So, am I, I guess, am I driving myself crazy looking at it daily? You said mentioned looking at it weekly. What are your thoughts on that? I'd, I'd love to hear daily. that because I, I also have clients who look at their numbers daily, and I know this. Daily is even better. You know, good old Grant Cardone would do in the morning always a a sales role play to, just to get you know the juices flowing for everybody amazing just 15 minutes 20 minutes meeting in the morning every day why not we are in so many time zones we don't do it anymore but we have the setters have a daily meeting okay the closers have a weekly meeting and the overall numbers we check weekly because we reflect on them but we see them in real time all the time. It's a spreadsheet and it's always current. So I can go and check it if I want. And sometimes I check it daily. But for me, I, every week I want to see it. And I want to see it go up. Okay. As long as it goes up, I don't even look at the details. And if something happens, it's not going up by 1%, 1.5%, .5%, yeah, then we'll, I, I will ask questions. Hey, what can we do, people? Where, where is improvement needed? How can I help? 
So, all right, okay. So then, outside of asking those questions, which all right, I guess I feel better that I'm not such a lunatic. I look daily, and I've heard Grant Cardone say that. I've heard Grant Cardone say he looks at his uh, cash balances daily, which I think is incredibly insightful. I also I actually, do. I, I ask my bank. Everybody can do that. That's an uh, amazing thing to do. You just ask your bank, "Hey, send me the cash balance account info uh, via email or SMS every day." So in the morning, I get from my bank. Um, for, it doesn't work in crypto yet, but your traditional bank yeah. sends me the the bank account, the cash balance, and it's a very good thing because otherwise you forget. You don't really know what's going on. And now you know what's going on and you see every day, chigging, chigging, chigging. It's a nice thing to have. I agree with you. I would love that. I actually probably should do that myself because I manually check it, but I'd manually check it in so many capacities, business, personal, like savings. And, and, and it, it, it's, uh, I probably need to automate that as I'm speaking out loud. It's just, I haven't really entrusted that to somebody yet, but, um, when I guess so one, that's a great idea. I love the daily, um, looking at your bank account, selling, looking at the daily meeting for your setters. Here's, here's my question. I'm as the CEO, you said you ask questions when things aren't going well, when, and should a CEO jump back in the business in the same way you built the business, right? You, you mentioned you were in the business and you were dealing with problems in London and San Francisco and things were, things were coming at you in all different directions. But now you're removed. You're like the gardener. You said you're watering it. When do you say, hey, I need to get back fully in? Is there a problem or is there something that says I'm going to get fully back involved and engaged in the business? Not really. There is no reason and unless, you know, the house is on fire. Uh, don't do it. So I said for myself, the world, I just don't do it because otherwise I will find some reason to jump back in. And so, for example, I found the reason I wanted to simplify something and I said, but I don't even remember how the operations really happen. So let me do one operation again. And by doing that, I will, I will update and, and lean up and simplify everything. And so I did one after three and a half years um, and I had fun doing it. So that's okay. But at some, especially the first year, you will hear a calling like, come back, come back. Only you can do it. That's the voice of ego. That's bullshit. Mm. Uh, so the first year, don't do it. Uh, but what you need is, because otherwise you send the signal, people, I don't trust you. And I am the best here. Mm. And that's not what you want to have as a signal. Uh, you have to, <laughs> to trust the process. And so, okay, go back and improve the process, right? Um, so you don't even have to trust everybody, every single person, but you have to trust that there is a quality loop in each part that will tell everybody if, if, if correction is needed. So I trust systems. So I create reporting systems, et cetera, that tell everybody quickly when something needs attention. And what I need, for example, one of the systems is the NPS systems. So all the time, all clients get, get asked, um, what's working best? What's missing? What can we improve? What else do you need from one to 10? How likely is it that you refer us? And if that is below seven, everybody has to prioritize that. And we look at that first. But that doesn't need that I really 
have to jump in. But of course, I have to start a meeting and say, all right, we don't wait until Friday to have this meeting. Uh, we are below seven in, in the NPS. Right now, we have a meeting. Mm. And let's look at it. What's going on? Let's learn from it. What do we improve? Okay. But doesn't mean that I jump back in. I make sure that we learn and that we act upon it, but I will not touch the operation. I like that. It, it, how you explain that does continue to breathe trust to the people around you, which I think is incredibly important. I look at it from the aspect of, um, you know, if, if I'm a baseball player or if I'm an athlete and I'm struggling or I have a, have a bad inning, does coach come and yank me out right away or does coach say, hey, calm down, blank, blank, whatever it is, go back out there. I still believe in you. Me as the athlete, I'm like, man, this person still believes in me. I know I can get it done. And I think we take that same mentality with the people that work with us and we, we implement that as well. So speaking of implementation, Simon, I, I want to hear something. You, you mentioned you have closers and setters and, and this is the Catapult to Commissions podcast. So we can't talk business scaling without really diving into some sales in certain capacity. When you build your sales team, what is it that you're looking for, right? There's, there's someone sitting here saying, okay, I know I need to get some setters. I know I need to get some closers. I just don't know what to look for. I don't know how to start. I don't know who to trust. What do you have to say to that person? Before you hire a setter or a closer, we do the job scorecard. So we think about that role first and we write it down. Okay, what's this role in its 100% shiny uh, version? So if they crush it, how does it look like? What's the minimum expectation, the minimum standards, the minimum skills that we are expecting? What are our values and how? what do they mean for daily behavior? And then we, we write it down. And then we write down really what we expect and uh, how often we will measure which, which KPIs, which get measured daily, weekly, monthly. And when we have that, then we go on LinkedIn and post. Uh, we're hiring a setter. And... Um, you will get a ton of requests, especially right now. You will get 400 people in a day applying because many people are, are looking for opportunities in cool teams. So uh, we have them send a video first, uh, especially if it's a sales role. We want to we wanna see them talk. We want to see the, how they influence us, right? Can they get us to like them and to want them on our team? Because that's the job. And so... A video with two questions. They have to answer these two questions. Why exactly our team and what's your superpower? And then and then we screen videos first and then we talk to the top 10 and then um, and then we onboard them Okay. to the first now, daily meeting. All right. So now you bring these people on board, you onboard them. Are these commission only people? Are you paying them a salary to come join you? What, are they exclusively yours? Are you allowing them to work with other people? And, and the reason I'm asking this, Simon... As more and more businesses over the past two years have realized the impact of digital market space, right? Whether it's e-commerce, I mean, how speaking on podcasts, digital products, uh, digital funnels, I, I, I'm taking businesses that are sometimes traditional brick and mortar and saying, hey, we're going to implement this. You know, your encashment area for your prospects is the 80,000 people in your town. We're going to make this the 8 million people and the surrounding 250 miles. And then if that keeps growing, we're going to continue to expand. Every time I have that conversation, it comes back with, well, I, 
you know, do, is this person exclusively mine? Am I, am I salarying them? Am I giving them like, what, what incentive do your closers have to say, Hey, I want to continue working with you. So setters, um, fluctuate much more. You will need more of them. They will stay shorter and uh, closers much more senior positions that will stay much, much longer with you. Um, so it's okay to have setter fluctuation. That's why okay. that's commission only. Ah. And with closers, we have different agreements depending on country, maturity of product level, etc. There are some pros and cons. Of course, you always want to have um, your costs be variable instead of fixed. Whenever you can, mm. suppliers, setters, whatever, wherever you can, make those costs variable costs instead of fixed costs. Especially in this day and age where you don't need a ton of, you know, physical costs. Right. Then um, the, we started with paying um, full salary, full time. Okay. And then we went into commission only. And commission only works much better for us. Uh, people are much more motivated. They work better. They ask for something when they need it. And they say, hey, Simon, I need an upskilling. Can I have a trainer? Sure. Yeah, you get a, a trainer in New York, the best one. Of course. I see you motivated. I see you giving your best. Of course, we ha will have training budget, upskilling budget. I coach you. We get external coaches, whatever you want. Sure. Because I see them all really hungry and going. Um, and you don't always have that in with, with full salary people. They, they, they sometimes think that whatever they do, they're, they're around anyways. And so there are multiple reasons why you want to have yeah. um, uh, the costs going up when there is more work and the costs going uh, down, staying still when you have less work. It just makes sense from an organizational perspective. You know, Simon, I'm smiling because, you know, Catapulting Commission's family, me and Simon did not rehearse this before we started recording, but I love what you just said. 100%, the commission only person has way more vested, right? They want to do well. Typically, right? Their income's unlimited, right? You, If you generate a million dollars from a company and whatever your percentage commission is, hey man, it is what it is. Like, you uh, you know, more it, money than I do in some months. It, it, exactly. Where, where the salary person, and, and this is a struggle, right? Because you get some tenured sales professionals that are transitioning to the e-commerce or to the digital space that have come from traditionally, uh, you know, let's just call them traditionally stable sales careers, you know, a six figure salary, they did great, et cetera. But they don't realize their income is still capped to a certain capacity. And in the commission only role, it's not. And man, I can't tell you, I want people that have skin in the game. And, and, and I love what you said, right? I mean, and as, as long as you're continuing taking care of those people, I, I they're going to stay with you. So just hearing your perspective on that aligns completely with, with what I believe aligns completely with, with, with the direction catapult to commissions is going in. So I, I appreciate that insight, Simon. I mean, I, I think yeah, that is a support system also. It's not just, I don't pay you if nothing happens. It's yeah. also, Hey, I coach you every day. I, I, I make sure you get, you get the skills, the sales scripts, the time, the role plays, everything that you need quickly. I, I also have skin in the game. So we yeah. all have skin in the game. That's the important component in there how often 
do you, and I guess this, this kind of going, you know, do your salespeople have input on the next digital product or enhancements to the service offerings? Like how much feedback do you take from those folks versus your marketing folks versus your own thoughts? From everybody. That's why on Friday, this is when we all go through all numbers because I want this feedback from everybody, from the clients, from everybody in my team, from everybody. Plus, I want them to see the numbers of each others of the other mm. department. So I want the salespeople to see the marketing numbers and because we think that this, and that's core of the strategy sprints method. What, why is it possible that we double revenue in 90 days? Many people say I've never doubled revenue in 90 days. It's impossible. It's so easy. If you align marketing sales and ops, it's really not hard, but in order to do that, you have to talk the real talk every seven days with each other. That's why the, the Friday meeting is always all the three departments. And now sales looks at the marketing numbers and say, you know what? I could really need more of that and less of that. And marketing goes, yeah, but we love doing that. And look how much awareness is creating. Yeah, but awareness I cannot convert into deals. Uh, People on the phone, I can convert into deals. And they go, oh, okay, well, we have more fun doing that, but I get it. Okay, I will do a little bit more of that. That changes everything. If you have that every week, it changes everything. And then operations. They don't even know what the salespeople are doing, what they are promising, etc. if you don't have this setup. And so operations, we say, oh, wait a moment, that's what you're promising? Really? Then I have to change what happens in week one. We have to manage expectations here. And then, and then there is this super important conversation that operations say, hey, you cannot guarantee that. And say, they say okay, let's find something in between. <laughs> and that's super helpful. Man, hearing, Simon, hearing you speak and outline the strategies that you come with strategy sprints and how businesses can go from their traditional methods to grow and scale, right? I mean, uh, just hearing how you your company runs in unison. Everyone speaks to each other. Everyone has skin in the game. Everyone's looking to hold each other accountable. That is one hundred percent the 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 dream we all want, right? That's what we want as CEOs. That's what we want as entrepreneurs. We want that system. So, so we have a few minutes left on show. Speaking of the system, Simon, who benefits most from the strategy sprints system in place? Like what is your ideal uh, client look like? What is the ideal person that you can impact look like? B2B team that's around two to seven years is doing around 35 to 50K per month regularly. And the owner is still in the work, in the weeds. Mm. And um, and they want to get out of the weeds. They are ready and say, okay, yeah, of course I want to get out of it. I just, I just wasn't sure I can do it and how to do it. But if I have a sprint coach, all right, I will do what they say. And every week by week, I will delegate more. I will automate more. Of course, I want to have long holidays again and have have more dates with my wife uh play tennis with my buddies of course i want i love it i love it so catapults commissions family if that's you in that b2b space 
where you're in that range and you're looking to scale up, you already know on the Catapult Commission show, we do not bring guests on that we don't fully believe and support. I highly recommend go check out Simon's group. Go to strategysprints.com. You'll find his social media hashtag or social media links all in the show notes. But if someone doesn't have access to show notes, they're driving right now in their car, they're hearing their podcast. Simon, how do they find you? We are at strategysprints.com. I run also weekly YouTube channels. One is called Simon Severino. One is called Strategy Sprints. And on Amazon, you get you can get all of this value for just uh, 20 bucks. It's the Strategy Sprints book. And many things you can implement yourself if you just have the book uh, on your desk like I have. And I literally, I check it. I use it as a checklist. Oh, my marketing is not going well. Let me go to chapter four. Okay. Oh, look, step seven. I forgot to do step seven. And then, hey, team, hey, team, let's do more step seven. So I literally use it as a as, as a guide, as an everyday guidebook. Okay, good. Well, Catapult to Commissions family, join Simon. Go get his book either on Amazon, go to strategysprints.com. We will have links to his YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and all the proper social media handles. Simon, thank you for joining the Catapult to Commissions podcast. I wish you nothing but abundant success in the future. Catapult to Commissions family, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.